Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 511. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This podcast is brought to you by slowflowers.com the free online directory to more than 880 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2021, Farm Girl Flowers. Farm Girl Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting more than 20 U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $9 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually, and providing competitive salaries and benefits to team members based in Watsonville, California, and Miami, Florida. Learn more at farmgirlflowers.com. For each podcast episode this year, we thank three of our major sponsors. Our first sponsor today is Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladiums, and amaryllis. Check out the full catalog at longfield-gardens.com. In March of 2017, I wrote a 10-page profile of Susan McCleary that appeared in Florist Review Magazine's Creativity Issue. It's this article that inspired me to invite Sue to be our keynote speaker at the upcoming Slow Flowers Summit, taking place next week on June 28th through 30th in the San Francisco Bay Area at the amazing venue Filoli Historic House and Garden. Sue's personal story of seeking, claiming, and boldly nurturing her creative process and practice as an artist will inspire and embolden everyone who hears her at the summit. Sue is a floral designer, artist, and instructor who creates unusual, boundary-pushing floral art, including elaborate floral wearables, large-scale installations, and her signature botanical jewelry. Her soulful, seasonally-inspired creations have been described as exquisite living artwork. A passionate teacher, Sue offers private design instruction for new and professional florists in her studio, through her online class platform, and at destination workshops. Her work has been featured on the cover of Fusion Flowers magazine twice and in leading industry publications and websites including Martha Stewart Weddings, Florist Review, My Modern Met, Refinery29, Self, BuzzFeed, Belle Armoire, Cosmopolitan, Ebony, and Grace Ormond Wedding Style. Sue is a member of the Slow Flower Society and Chapel Designers. Her first book, The Art of Wearable Flowers, was released in March of 2020. A few weeks ago, in anticipation of Sue's keynote presentation at the Slow Flower Summit, The Creative Journey, she and I met up over Zoom to record this special episode. I hope you enjoy it as much as I have. As I mentioned in the interview, Sue has appeared as a co-guest on two past episodes of the Slow Flowers podcast, but that was many years ago. Just for fun, click on over to our show notes for episode 511, which you can find at deborahprinzing.com 
and you'll find the links to episodes 217 and 220, both recorded during the fall of 2015 at Lisa Wad's Flower House Detroit event. I'll also share a link to that 2017 article about Sue that I mentioned called A Curious Creative, and you'll find links to the many ways to study with Sue McCleary. Let's jump right in and enjoy this lovely conversation with a top influencer in the Slow Flowers community. Welcome back to the Slow Flowers podcast with Deborah Prinzing, and I'm thrilled today to welcome back to the Slow Flowers podcast, Susan McCleary, aka Passion Flower Sue. And Sue, it's so good to be looking at your face on Zoom, even though our listeners can't see you. <laughs> Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be back. I know it's been way too long. I, I was thinking about it. You and Francoise Weeks uh, and I did a podcast interview together in 2016 during Detroit Flower Week. Mm-hmm. And as I recall, the two of you were making personal uh, florals for a wedding or something the whole time we were talking. You were in that loft. I <laughs> remember that. I can't even remember that. <laughs> I barely remember that. Okay. Well, I, it was really fun, but um, it was definitely kind of like about that, you know, about Francoise and about your, you know, her influences on you. And, uh, you know, we can refer back to that. But um, all that to say, it's been way too long since our listeners have heard what's what you're up to. And um, number one, Sue, you've agreed to be our keynote speaker at the Slow Flowers Summit. It's been two years in the making. Finally, we're going to get to hear your presentation uh, in a few weeks at the uh, summit in the Bay Area at Filoli. And it's a hybrid presentation uh, called The Creative Journey. And I was just wondering if you would talk a little bit about it without giving away all, all the insights or secrets, but the subtitle is Finding Your Artistic Voice, Truth, and Expression. And I don't know, Sue, I just feel like you are such a such a iconic kind of in unique person who really strives to have her own her own perspective on things and not copy anybody. And um, I, I think that's probably integrated into the presentation you're going to give, right? Yes. So um, this is going to be a pretty personal presentation. Um, I wrote it two years ago, <laughs> and then I've been reading it over and adding to it and adjusting it since. Um, yeah, I, I I feel so passionately that, you know, we are artists as florists, and it's not something we've been told, you know, that we are. The larger culture kind of sees us in a certain way, and we limit ourselves, I believe, because of those um, views. So, yeah, I mean, I've been through um, a lot of kind of uh, chopping through some self-limiting beliefs. I like what you started to say, though. I've been chopping through self-limiting beliefs because I feel like that those that script all women have that script in their head in, in some way, and maybe men do yeah. too. But but we can only relate to what women are experiencing um, right. about your, what you're supposed to be and how you're supposed to uh, act and what is what is your purpose in life. And uh, yeah. you've, you've been trying to peel that away and figure out what the truth is, right? Yeah. So I'm a shy person. I'm an introvert, certainly. Um, so when, when this passion kind of, you know, when I found it, 
um, it was really difficult for me to speak up and kind of enter into the world of floristry. I, I had things I wanted to share. I had things I was passionate about, but I was very um, insecure about my my own voice. So I feel like if I can help someone else kind of break out of their shell, you know, and offer some of these, these, you know, um, techniques, if you will, for, for cracking open my own shell, if I can offer them to other people, um, and help them kind of step out, then that's really what I feel drawn to do lately. I feel like I'm stepping into like the flower mama kind of role, (laughs) um, and talking to so many students and seeing, you know, similar themes about feeling stifled creatively or limiting themselves based on what culture expects from floristry. If I can challenge some of those viewpoints and help them step out, that's really what I feel drawn to do. Right. And I, I, it's interesting. I'm thinking of a, a little note that you included in the uh, book when you sent uh, me a copy of The Art of Wearable Flowers, and I pulled it out this morning, and um, it was just quite lovely. You said, uh, this book is meant to inspire florists to see themselves as artists. I want to encourage designers to make what they're craving to see instead of working in reaction to a request. And essentially, that's what you're just referring to in terms of changing the narrative, right? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, because I had to write this keynote, I was honored to write this keynote. (laughs) Um, I had to kind of think through my thought process. I had to kind of rewind everything and, and um, imagine how I felt when I was starting out and how I kind of, um, you know, grew through this experience. And I can remember so many things. I mean, like word for word, what people told me when I said, I want to be a florist, you know, they told me, you're never going to make any money. They kind of almost laughed sometimes mm-hmm. like, what? Like really? Mm-hmm. Um, my mom, you know, I love her dearly, but she said like, people spend so much money on weddings. Like why? Like essentially saying it's a waste of money mm-hmm. to be a wedding florist. Why, why <laughs> so do you want to like, perpetuate that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I feel like there's all of these things that the culture tells us what florists should be. And then of course we have our own insecurities as artists, as creatives. Um, So yeah, I'm just all about challenging that. I think we should see ourselves as artists. I think um, just like chefs, you know, we're working with a ephemeral medium. We, um, we have to do things to people's tastes, if you will. Mm -hmm. But if we're willing to take the creative reins, and make things that are exciting to us, we will in turn offer things that are more exciting to the public and get them more um, interested in what we do Yeah, as florists. Yeah, I mean, the next paragraph on this little letter you wrote, it just continues that. You said, after all, it's in sharing our boldest, most boundary-defiant work, which I love that phrase, that will collectively be inspired, thus pushing the art of floristry forward. So you you are in that education role where you're trying to infuse this confidence in your students and in your peers to say, hey, let's all push this boundary uh, and break the crack the shell or whatever and uh, redefine uh, ourselves as artists. And I know that's going to be an encouragement to folks who are attending and also, you know, obviously in the after this summit, we'll have the video available uh, in the fall and, you know, you can reach even more people. but 
yeah, it's almost like you gave yourself permission and now you're giving others permission, which yeah. is, you know, moving it, paying it forward. Yeah, that's really what I hope to do. I want to challenge the public. I want to like offer them things that are unexpected and exciting so that they view our work differently. And then I want to encourage florists to take the creative reins so that they can stay um, interested in their work, you know, stay kind of filled by it. And, you know, it's not about having one creative idea than holding on dearly. It's about opening up to the possibilities, letting yourself explore the things that you're excited about. And once you kind of turn that tap on, that's when, you know, you really start to create work that speaks to other people and fills, you know, fills your own um, cup as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It's exciting. <laughs> and I know you're going to do uh, uh, two demos. One is just uh, maybe a, a quickie because it'll be at the end of your presentation. And I don't know if you have anything specific planned. Maybe it's just going to be like a meditation in flowers. Um, I have something planned. Do you? Oh. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to share the little hack, the little trick that I used to get myself out of my COVID funk when everything shut down and I was, you know, so excited to to travel and go on my book tour and everything stopped. I know everyone can remember that feeling like when all the events got canceled and everything um, stopped. I really didn't know how to turn on the creativity in that moment. I felt really stifled. And then um, I have this little creative hack that I turn to, and I'm going to share that with the group. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's awesome. And and (laughs) hopefully they connect with it. I think it's going to be incredibly helpful. And, you know, it's so funny just listening to you talk about a year ago, we were together at Trend Summit at Hitomi's wonderful workshop in mid-March of 2020. And you you were not the only one who was kind of freaking out about getting home to family yeah. because you, I was the only one who drove in terms of the speakers, everyone else flew, yeah. even Francoise flew. And you said to me something to the effect of, wow, this is my first book signing event. And it turned out to be your only in-person one of all of 2020. Um, yeah. And it was <laughs> like high, low, really fast to extreme emotions. It was, Uh, yes, completely surreal. It really was. And um, this book, um, The Art of Wearable Flowers, has been just celebrated and positively received everywhere. And it it really is an accumulation of of numerous years of you experimenting with wearable flowers um, in a different way, right? And um, so... We're not going to have a wearable flower component per se at the summit, but um, I'm sure there'll be people who uh, will pick up on some of those techniques. And I guess, you know, we're going to have this big day of playing with flowers. If somebody wants to make a headpiece, I'm sure we'll let, or a piece of jewelry, we'll let them do that. But that you're not here to, you're not going to teach that per se. Probably not. Yeah. But um, the little hack I'm going to share um, will hint to some okay. wearable applications. Good. Well, and we'll have the book there for you to, for people to purchase and have you sign if they don't have it already. Um, And then on the first day of the summit, I just want to touch on this because I'm so excited about it. So Filoli is this uh, amazing uh, 19th century, uh, late 19th century Georgian revival uh, architecture, uh, a country estate kind of inspired 
um, property, and we've been invited to do a floral design takeover of this mansion. Um, there, I think there's 18 rooms. I think we're going to maybe use about 12 of them, but teams of people will get to uh, do some decor in the in the rooms. But before to kind of warm us up and get us excited, you're going to start with a. a I don't want to portray it. Is it a large scale foam free installation? Is that how you would describe it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's going to really get people thinking about scale and proportion and not being, you know, letting yourself think big when you're designing. Mm -hmm. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And the techniques I'll share um, are really easy to pick up and fold into what you're already doing and you can combine them and pretty much create anything that you can dream up. Mm, so, that's great. It'll be really fun. It's great. I love it. I love it when there's sort of no rules and you're not designing for a client, you're just designing for yourself and your own pleasure. Mm -hmm. And of course, everyone will get to see each other's work. So it'll be inspiring to go from room to room and experience that. And we'll, we'll have, we'll have it photographed so I can share that in the future. Um, before we get going on some other questions I have, Sue, I think we should just pause and actually, I would like to ask you to define what is your business right now? What is Sue McCleary, you know, as a floral uh, enterprise? And what are the key facets? Because you've evolved a lot since you and I first met and you're not doing weddings anymore. I'm not. No. Um, so quite a few years ago, I realized that, you know, when somebody would ask me a question, like, how did you make this? I found myself just so satisfied by, you know, answering meticulously and taking all the time and sharing photos. And it just became obvious that um, that's really where I like to be. I like to test, break things apart, um, put them back together and then share my findings. That's my favorite, favorite activity. So, <laughs> if you were a scientist, you'd be doing that in the lab. It's like a real ner right. nerdy thing to do. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, I just, I just started teaching, you know, um, it, it happened naturally. And then I just kept following what felt most right and most good. Um, I'm not a, a personality that's set up well to, to do events long-term. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of a fast life. It's a little too fast for me. Um, do you I mean, do enjoy when, it. And when I you say, kind of miss it. when you say events, I didn't mean to interrupt. When you say events, you mean like what? Weddings. Weddings and events. Okay. So like yeah. productions. Production. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, I haven't pursued weddings in about three years and I've been transitioning more and more to teaching. So, um, I believe it was four years ago. I started my first set of online classes and they went well, which was a surprise. And I'm so thankful for that. Um, but that allowed me to, to fully kind of move into the teaching realm and let the, um, you know, studio event florist, side uh, of the business closed doors yeah yeah happily though yeah and and so now you have you have a new studio have you changed locations to tell us a little bit about where you're located well yeah I have a new studio I had a fairly large studio because I was welcoming a lot of students um my lease came up last April and I decided uh, it was really kind of a rash decision but I decided not to renew because I knew I needed to be closer to home um, two kids, you know, who yeah. need supervision now, um, with online school and so on. So I didn't renew, but I instead, um, got a membership in a shared artist studio space. 
So um, it has a calendar, a shared calendar, and you just kind of map out the days that you need. And then you can go and do your class or your photo shoot or what, whatever you need cool. to do. And that's, in, yeah, that's for, in Ann Arbor? Yeah, it's maybe like a quarter mile from my house. So so if you did have a private one-on-one student who wanted to, to learn, you could have the space accommodate that. But if you want to film nice. a class, you can do that too. Yes, I can. Yeah. Wow, that's great. I love yeah. that. It's so versatile. But the space where I work is my dining room. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> who needs the formal dining room anyway? Like <laughs> nobody uses those things. Well, I feel like interestingly that you started online content, uh, you know, video courses or whatever, I don't know what the right term is, but it, like four years ago. And now we're also, we've recalibrated our expectations and actually being able to s- study online has opened up possibilities to study with anyone in the world. You you don't have yes. to travel. And I'm sure that's been a, a bump for you just in terms of the types of people who are wanting to sign up for your courses. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of people who um, have had a pause, you know, a happy pause or not so happy <laughs> pause, but um, they have the time uh, now to consider floristry. A lot of people are coming from different careers. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm kind of seeing that too, but I hadn't thought about the fact that if someone is trying to, maybe they have come from a different art medium or they've come from a different profession, they've got to self-educate and taking courses is really the, the easiest point of entry to get that knowledge, right? Mm, yes. Yeah. So you write, you have a couple different products that people can uh, subscribe to or purchase. Do you mind kind of walking us through that? And I'll put all this in our show notes uh, for today's episode at DebraPrinzing.com. So you, if you don't, if you haven't looked at these options, now's the time to check it out. Yeah, so I do. I have um, standalone kind of a la carte classes. Um, I started, like I said, four years ago with a set of wearable, um, you know, tutorials. And then I built up from there. I have um, bouquet classes and centerpiece classes and large scale installation classes. Um, and I've bundled them all because we have been gathering for so many years. And so they live in, um, a group called the essentials toolkit. Um, but you can still buy them a la carte. That's important to me Mm. to let people pick and choose what they, what they want. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I have a membership, um, called the virtual studio that is nearly three years old now. Um, and that's like a gym membership. So you pay monthly or yearly, um, and you, you know, attend these, these lives that I offer and each month there's a new course that's added to the library. So if you joined today, I think you'd have about 60 videos to watch, which is almost too much, (laughs) but, but then it's also kind of at your leisure. You can go back and and scroll the the library and see what topic is you need help with or something like that. Definitely. Yeah. So like I said, I have a lot of newer florists who are just starting to do their first wedding events, you know, this season. So they'll go through the library and say, Oh gosh, I have to make a corsage. And they'll just like click on the corsage tutorial and just start making it, you know, while they're watching. So Uh, it's pretty cool. So you probably have more than one corsage video because you call it, what don't you call yourself a corsage ambassador? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Self-appointed corsage ambassador. Hey, you know what? (laughs) <laughs> say it and it's true. Yeah. Um, that's really awesome. And so the, um, those are sort of two ways that people can, um, you know, learn from you. And then you said you have, um, something really new that you're launching just yesterday. Yeah, I do. So, um, 
There was a missing piece, really. There was kind of the mindset piece that I love to talk about so much, like fostering creativity, um, stepping into your role as an artist. Um, and beyond that, uh, recently, like in the last year, I've, I've taken some time to learn from some other really am amazing mentors. Um, Crystal Whitaker is one, Jordan Manny, and my friend, Julie Toby. Um, these are women who are teaching people how to really align their core values with their business, um, taking all of those threads and weaving them together so that, you know, your everyday actions demonstrate what you believe in. And for me, those things felt separate for so long. I felt like I was kind of uh, struggling to articulate what I really care about. Um, so, I mean, I can't. I can't stress enough how amazing working with these women has, has been. So I've asked them to be part of this new course. Um, so the course is called the floral mentor. So it's, it's some of my mentors, uh, the three I just mentioned, but also Hitomi Gilliam um, and Allison Ellis. Mm -hmm. And then I've wow. created some, some content, <clears throat> excuse me, some new, um, content about marketing, um, SEO. I have Sarah Dunn. She's an SEO marketing expert who has contributed, um, gosh, some Instagram stuff, just kind of like making friends with Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can use it to forward, you know, to, to progress, uh, your business. So that all of that is new. Um, and I've kind of sandwiched it with the essentials toolkit and we're packaging it all and uh, offering it later this summer. I think June 22nd is when the sale um, begins. So if That's you already great. have the Essentials Toolkit, you can just decide to purchase kind of the business mindset SEO marketing portion of the course. Or if you don't have anything of mine and you want it all, you can... Yeah purchase the whole package. And can you purchase this business mindset kind of um, core uh, as a standalone or does it need to be yes. packaged with the other content? Yes. You can, you can buy the um, design heavy side, the essentials toolkit, or you can um, buy the new, um, the marketing and the mindset and SEO and oh, Instagram. Yeah. I'd love yeah. that. I'd love to, I'd love to, I didn't know you were putting this group of awesome uh, co-presenters and co-instructors co together. I would love to do that yeah. uh, just because I think it would apply to, you know, slow flowers and what we're doing. And um, I'm never going to teach someone how to do floral design, but I need to learn myself some of the things that you're talking about in terms of, yeah, we all have kind of had this wake up call during um, the last year, especially of social injustice and um, inequity and all, you know, all of the all of the uh, challenges around race and uh, equity and inclusion. And I feel like those of us who really care about changing the floral profession and our own, our own walk through that um, are looking for just, you know, a little bit of a roadmap, you know, and, and you've been so good at that, Sue, in terms of using your platform for issues you care about. And it's always, it's been a real inspiration to me and to others. And I think that is, you're right. That is sort of in the past, those values that aren't specific about your design aesthetic have sort of been marginalized yeah. and you're trying to say, no, 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 it's who I am as an artist. And, 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 and this is, 
this is how I can be in the world if I integrate these things. Yeah, I, I believe that strongly. I, I knew that intellectually for years that I felt like this battle inside. <laughs> but um, like you said, in the last year, year and a half, we've had more time with ourselves to like hear the thoughts in our head, um, telling us, you know, where we could do better. So yeah, I really think, you know, j- equal to listening to your artistic voice and making things that fulfill you equal to that. You also, um, your business flourishes when it's aligned with your core values, because then you're not saying yes to things that you don't align with. You're not found, you don't find yourself in positions where you feel badly about the dynamics, you know, in the situation. I know I'm being a little vague, but Um, hopefully people can understand what I'm trying to say. Like if you're not recognizing what's important to you and how you want to show up in the world, if you're not clear about that and it's not woven into what you do in your daily business, then you can find yourself in some really uncomfortable situations. And I, I think you're right, Sue. And I think that that's, that's something that, um, uh, I guess what I draw from what you just said is, we can either be reactionary or -hmm. we can be intentional. And if we've done the work to think through what are our values and how we want to articulate them, then we can be more prepared to move in the world and stay state what is okay and what is not okay in, you know, our value system. So uh, it it isn't, you can't be casual about it. You have to be intentional. Yes. Well, good. All right. I'm going to sign up for that because I (laughs) love the idea and I just love the fact that it's kind of, um, best practices now, you know, it's not just some, you know, fringe thing. It's, it's somebody, we know that that's the direction that the, that consumers, especially younger consumers really care about is looking at a company or a professional, you know, personality, like, are you authentic and do you walk the talk? So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's an expectation there from, from everyone. And so I love that. I just have to say, um, the fact that you're doing work that excites and moves you, you and I have talked about many times. Um, and I loved that our first collaboration as me interviewing you and writing a story was back in, I want to say 2017 for Florist mm-hmm. Review. And it was a nice, it was back when there were a lot of pages given to articles. So it was like 11 page article or something yeah. called The Curious Creative which I'll share a link to that. I have a PDF for people to read. And it's if you want to look back at sort of Sue's thought process, this will be one snapshot of that. But what blew my mind, Sue, is that you, okay, it's a trade magazine. They have no money for photography. You, you know, they expect florists to sub- supply their photos. And you said, okay, this is important. I want to create a whole new body of work that hasn't been published before. And that was incredible that you did that. And are are you finding that 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 kind of ties in with your comment about you know making what you are craving to see? Um, are you still doing that? Yes. Um, I yeah. I feel strongly that when something strikes you, when you have an idea, when you have um, an opportunity, like I knew that would be a beautifully written article because I know you as a writer. Mm. Oh, um, I knew it would be 
it would give me a chance to like think through my journey up till then. And so I wanted that to feel uh, special. And I wanted to kind of honor that whole process with creating new work, not just, you know, regurgitating or sharing something that's already been shared. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I think, I think we have to slow down a little bit sometimes and, you know, sign on for a little more work. Sometimes it pays off always when, when you have an opportunity to share something new, um, that you feel strongly about, I think that always comes back to you somehow. So it's worth the effort. Yeah. And, yeah. and it doesn't always have to be a budget, a budget buster either. I mean, you can no. probably, um, find, you know, do, do a trade or do some kind of, um, I don't know, use flowers that you're growing instead of having to go purchase them. I don't know. I'm not quite sure how you pulled these together. You've been working with um, Amanda Dumochelle. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say her last name? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've been working with Amanda for many years. And I know that she took those photographs. Um, and that's mm-hmm. she's sort of been one of your secret weapons in terms of how to put your work out in the marketplace. Because you're art directing with a photographer who you trust. Yes. Yes. That's been essential. I think, um, that relationship has allowed me to share, um, my work. I mean, I have to have professional, uh, clear, detailed imagery to be able to communicate, um, you know, the work I want to communicate. So it's been a huge, uh, benefit to me. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about the Sue McCleary feed on Instagram, it still is Passion Flower Sue. I mean, that's probably the only place that name appears now, right? Because <laughs> you've changed your website. <laughs> well, I do have a passionflowersue.com website. That's where I'm, all my online classes oh, live. Oh, that's right. Okay. And then <laughs> SueMcCleary.com is really more um, your your my hub, your books and your, your blog posts and whatever. Or do you have a blog? Yeah. I do. All yes. Right. Awesome. I've been, I've been blogging. Good girl. I'll go back and read some of those. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but you have this, this instantly recognizable visual brand. And I don't know if it just evolved over time, but you know, there's a certain way that you and Amanda produce your images. And I'm sure some of them you're just taking with your iPhone. You're not having, you know, the pro in every time you want to post something, right? Yeah. That's very generous of you. We <laughs> used to joke about it being just a white wall and that's really all it is. <laughs> all it is is a white wall. You can see behind me, I have another yeah. white wall. Um, <laughs> but there's something, but yeah. something about the, the how you compose it and the light. Yeah. I mean, there's a little more to it than that. <laughs> well, not really. No, it's very simple. So um, my old studio there was nothing special about it architecturally. It was in a warehouse, but it had a lot of natural light and a blank white wall. And so instead of painting it a color or making some backdrop or whatever, I just embraced the simplicity of the white wall because I really want the flowers to be focused. Mm-hmm. I don't want to detract. Um, I see people who who make sets that are exquisite, but for me, I just like the simple clarity. Um, so yeah, it's just a white wall with a, with a side light, you know, natural light coming from the side. Um, and then I just position my flowers so that they hit the light just right. And that's, that's it. 
And yeah. you, you've become an excellent hand model because your hand is <laughs> or arm is in most of those images. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. I just flip the camera towards me so then I can see what I'm doing. Wow. Um, it's, it's a very simple thing to offer right now, but people ask about that a lot because they'll hold up their hand trying to get a, fo- a flower and, you know, they can't really see what they can't see what the light is because the camera is not flipped towards them. Right, right. But if you flip your camera around, then you can really catch the light just right and get more detail. It's because there's a camera on on both the front and the back of a phone generally. So you're able to do that. Well, like yeah, if you flip the camera towards you, then you can, yeah. your subject, you can look at your subject in the camera while you're shooting it. Brilliant. I never thought about <laughs> that. She's so simple. So simple. Well, you are working on a new book. So before we wrap up, I'd love to have you share what you can and how people can get on your mailing list so that when it's available, they're the first to find out. Because there's probably a few more um, seasons of production before it's actually available, right? Yes, I have a lot to work of work to do, in fact. <laughs> yeah. So um, the next book uh, will not be focused on wearables. The next book will be focused on how... Um, anyone who's vaguely artful can bring flowers into the home and create special things um, from little tiny meditative things all the way up to designing for a smaller kind of party. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll probably be called Flowers for All because I love the idea of working with things that aren't, you know, inaccessible, you know, like florists often we we choose to work with the really juicy, precious things that only we can get. Um, I'm working with some juicy, precious things, but also a lot of easily accessible materials. Just like everyday things that you would cut out of your garden or pick up. Yeah. Out of the garden, from the farmer's market, from local growers, from the greenhouse. Um, Yeah. And encouraging people to bring flowers in. So I love that. So flowers for all. And are you shooting for a 2022 or 2023? Yeah, I figured. I mean, with 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 the amount of photography you probably have to do. Yeah, well, we will wait for that. That's so exciting. Congratulations. And uh, is Amanda shooting it? Amanda is not. Amanda is so busy. Um, I'm working with a new photographer who I've known for quite some time. Her name is Emily Berger. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she does cookbooks um, for the same publisher. So we're all familiar with each other. So it's a great, yep. a great I've, relationship. I've seen her work and that's inter- that's wonderful. And, and, and these will be vignettes of real spaces in interiors. It's not a studio kind of shot. So it'll be a different uh, visual for you, too. It will. And I've challenged myself to use only seasonal and U.S. grown flowers. Great. Mostly local, mostly from Michigan. You know how happy that makes me. That is terrific. And that's, that's cool. It's like a sort of a, a little footnote through the whole book that people will, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not hitting them over the head with it, but you're just kind of pointing out the story of every choice that you make. So exciting. Oh, my dear. Okay. Anything else you want to tell everyone before I let you go? Because this has been a delightful conversation. And I can't tell you how happy I am that you're coming to the Slow Flower Summit, Sue. It means so much to me. I'm very excited, too. Um, I have to say, I can't wait to give this speech because I've been thinking about it so much. (laughs) Um, Hey, now that was not my fault. That was COVID. (laughs) 
<laughs> we had to postpone by a year. Right, right. But I'm with you. Yeah. I'm like, I'm excited that it's happening, but I'm really excited to pivot to 2022 and, and like check this box off because I feel like I've planned the same conference two years in a row, like on repeat. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to be there. Um, the other designers that are coming, um, there's quite a lineup. So I'm thrilled to be among them. I can't wait to hang out with old friends I haven't seen in a while. Yep. Um, and inspirational people, uh, Max Gill comes yep. to mind. He'll yep. be designing as well, which is super exciting. Um, I can't wait to work with all the locally grown flowers that are being gathered for this event. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be awesome. Well, thank you so much, my dear. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in person in about three weeks and, um, we are, you know, what you have to say is going to be obviously very personal and unique to you, but in some ways I sense that there's a universality, uh, that we're all seeking to know this about ourselves. So I think that that's the door that you're asking people to step through, Mm -hmm. uh, to redefine who you are as a creative in whatever work you do and Mm -hmm. not just flowers, obviously. And, um, that's going to be something that I will take with me as, you know, just to cherish, um, when I feel like I'm stuck in a rut. So maybe your hack will help me too. I hope so. I look forward to seeing it. Okay. Thanks so much, Sue. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Deborah. much for joining us today. As Sue mentioned, she launched a new course yesterday on June 22nd called The Floral Mentor. I'll have a link in our show notes to learn more. For one week, you can sign up and receive a free gift from Sue just for checking it out. In this course, Sue and her cohort of friends and colleagues help you master the art, the heart, and the business of floral design. It's all about aligning your core values with your business, Sue explains. She'll introduce students to her wonderful mentors who teach valuable lessons that Sue has learned from each. Together, they will help you create the art you're truly capable of, build a fulfilling business you love, and join hands to move the floral industry forward together. I can get behind those aspirations. Maybe this course has your name on it too. Check it out. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Red Twig Farms. Based in Johnstown, Ohio, Red Twig Farms is a family-owned farm that specializes in peonies, daffodils, tulips, and branches. Plus, a popular peony bouquet by mail program and their Spread the Hope campaign, where customers purchase 10 tulip stems for essential workers and others in their community. Learn more at redtwigfarms.com. If you're heading to the Slow Flower Summit, you're in for an epic treat to learn from Sue McCleary as she demonstrates large-scale, foam-free floral installation techniques that will kick off the Bilole Floral Takeover. And then you'll hear her keynote presentation on the creative journey. It's all happening next week, June 28th through 30th. And if you're not able to attend, be sure to follow Slow Flowers Summit on Instagram and Soulflower Society on Instagram, where we'll have some occasional live presentations, little sneak peeks happening from Filoli. 
And next week is also our seventh annual American Flowers Week celebration, June 28th through July 4th. Please help us celebrate. You can find all, all the free social media badges, logos, branding, and other resources, like a coloring map of all 50 U.S. state flowers, at AmericanFlowersWeek.com. Show your floral patriotism, post photos of your red, white, and blue bouquets, or any other color of your seasonal and local floral harvest. Be sure to use the hashtag AmericanFlowersWeek when you post. I'll be doing just the same, friends, and I look forward to seeing what you post. Our final sponsor, thank you, goes to the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 738,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks to support Slow Flowers' ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of the Slow Flowers podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more Slow Flowers on the table, one vase at a time. And if you like what you hear, please consider logging onto iTunes and posting a listener review. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. Learn more about his work at soundbodymovement.com. Mm-hmm.